Welcome back, guys, to Death by Stereo for our August movie night. I'm TJ. Brett. RJ. And we will go ahead and get started off with our This Year in Horror segment. Yep, like TJ mentioned, we're going to start with our one of our favorite segments that we always start with, This Year in Horror. So if you're following along with the episodes, I always try and pick a year of one of the movies that we screen the night we do this. So I went with 1994 this time. Uh, that's going to be the year of our third feature film as we get to it. So just scrolling down the list, I see quite a few familiar faces I've seen. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was something different. Yeah, that's my second favorite one. Is that the whole franchise? Mm-hmm. Huh. RJ, have you, uh, have you seen Wes Craven's <clears throat> New Nightmare? Yeah, we talked about it before. Did we? Because um, that's when I mentioned that that was Robert England's favorite one because um, Wes Craven made that for the fans. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That one I have seen. I haven't seen the entire franchise, but uh, that was on Netflix a few years ago, and I knew that it was one I hadn't seen for sure, so I gave it a watch, and I mean, I enjoyed it. It was definitely different. Interview with the Vampire. I know that um, TJ is not a huge fan of that vampire style. I know RJ and I like it a little bit more. Um, Wolf. Is that Jack Nicholson, it looks like? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I've I want, seen I want to see that. that. You've not seen it? I have not, but I want to. I, I saw it. Um, I feel like I have. Have you seen it, TJ? No. No? Well, that would be a good one to bring. Night of the Demons 2 is one that I would love to see i think it's hard it's, you can never find it yeah it's it's out of print and it's rare and it's i mean that's that's one of i don't know it's not one of my favorite but i really enjoy the original didn't we see, didn't me and you see a dvd copy of it somewhere but it was like 40 bucks or, wasn't that that one store in dayton yeah yeah and i i, I just can't do that no, i mean i wouldn't either especially a blind buy there's no way I, I just couldn't i'm not gonna be that crazy uh leprechaun 2 is actually Probably my favorite Leprechaun when he's in Vegas. Mm-mm. That came out in 1994. It's not? That's the third one. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, okay. The, the picture of this is wrong because it shows why, Vegas. Yeah, the only reason why I know that is because the second one's my favorite one. Is it? Okay. That's the one in Los Angeles when they do the the tour. That's right. Okay. Remember the, yeah, the lawnmower blade? Yeah. Like... You're totally right. Yeah. I, I saw the city and I thought it was Vegas, but no, Le- Leprechaun 2. I, I mean, I enjoy Leprechaun 2. Um, the Crow with Brandon Lee. I don't know if you guys really consider that horror. Oh, is that on here? Yeah, it's ninety four. Ah, I like that a lot. I, I mean, it's probably like partial horror. Yeah, I think it's like dark, like I don't know, maybe like dark action kind of. I love yeah. it. It's definitely. I love the Crow. The Crow is yeah. awesome. What's that almost dead one? I've never heard of that before. Almost, almost dead, right dead. there. Um, I haven't either. The cover looks kind of modern. Looks like it's like from the two thousands. I don't know. I don't see it. Um, yeah, oh yeah, there it is. That, that, you're right. It doesn't almost, look like a '90s movie. No. It looks like it's from like now. Yeah, or it looks like a, like a shitty like 2000s movie. Um, yeah, that's weird. That's Shannon Doherty in it. Yeah. This is weird. So there's one with Donald Sutherland called The Puppet Masters. That doesn't. I don't think that's part of like the Puppet Master no. series. So that's yeah, weird that it's. It's weird that it's included in that. Uh, Brain Scan is one that I have never seen, but I've seen that cover a lot, and it's one I'd like to see. I don't know if it's good or not, but... Edward Furlong. What's, which one is he in? Brain Scan. I've oh, never okay. seen it. I just I was reading about it. Oh, nice. 
Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I actually have that as a part. It's like a two-pack with uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Is that the Robert De Niro one? Um, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I've never seen it. I own it, but I've never seen it. I haven't seen it. I was just curious. I, yeah. know, he, I know Robert De Niro is in one of them. That's why I was... I'm pretty sure it's that one. Uh, there's some sequels in here. Uh, there's not a ton... This movie Hellbound looks like it has Chuck Norris on the cover. I don't even see c- Cemetery. <laughs> Automatically being on goes to the top of the list. Yeah. I don't see Cemetery even on here. <laughs> where, where is it? Yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, this list isn't always the most reliable. Can't even like, click more. Did you ever watch Ghoulies 4? No, but uh, the first Ghoulies just came on Amazon Prime, and I put it on my list because I definitely I had to start in order. So I've never, I've never watched any of them. I just thought for some reason I thought you liked Ghoulies, but that's Critters maybe. Critters I like, yeah. Critters I've seen. Yeah, here we go. Cemetery Man's on there. Um, oh, you found it? Yeah. I just went to a what, different what list. What flag did they put on it? What flag? It's Italian. It's Italian. I told you yeah. it was Italian. I, mean, I, I think we with the names and everything. I guess we had guessed that, but I yeah. just wanted to make sure. You know, look at this. Uh, there's a movie called Della Morte, Della More, which is he said that in the oh, movie, yeah. which is funny. Uh, I think it's written. On oh the no, cover. okay, that's they have it listed twice. That's the Italian name for Cemetery Man. They've and on actually on RJ's um, case, it says that underneath the title. Yeah. That's... I don't know if you noticed that underneath the title Cemetery Man, it says the Italian title. Yeah, that's really on cool. your on your case. Oh, that's super cool. It's kind of cool. There's one on here. <laughs> Uh, it's called Embrace of the Vampire. It's got Alyssa Milano in it. And uh, I, I always had a crush on her when I was a kid. And I found a, uh, I found a, like a copy of this. Oh, maybe it was the main menu. Maybe. Yeah, it was the main menu. Was, was the main menu that picture? Maybe that's where I saw it. Anyway, um, I found a copy of like a scene of Embrace of the Vampire. And she has like a lesbian scene with this vampire that I think turns Alyssa her. Alyssa Milano does? Yeah, and she gets topless, out. yeah. I uh, I was pretty excited when I found that out. I've never actually seen the movie, um, but I was definitely pumped about that. Let's see, going down... I guess, have you guys seen In the Mouth of Madness, the I John Carpenter not. movie? No, I've heard about I it. I remember like watching it, Like I don't know that I've seen the whole movie, but I remember watching it when I was younger because my stepdad had a copy of it. Like, I remember specific scenes from it, but mm-hmm. I would like to rewatch it because it's John Carpenter yeah. as an adult, so I can remember. Yeah. Uh, the Stand came out then. RJ, have you seen that? The Stand? Yeah, it's Stephen King. I haven't even heard of that. Wow. It's a, It was a made-for-TV television horror miniseries. Um, actually, my parents let me watch some of it as a kid. It was pretty freaky, some of the parts I've seen. I don't know if it'd hold up now, but as a kid... Um, I've never seen it either. Really? It's like this like virus comes. I forget exactly how it comes. But this virus comes and wipes out a lot of humanity. And some of the survivors left. It Basically, it's saying that it's like <clears throat> the devil came, came to Earth and was wiping people out. I don't know. I thought it was... Is it like a 90s one or something? Yeah, it was, it was 94. There's yeah. a, I feel like in the 90s there's a lot of Stephen King miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was on Netflix and I should have watched it. But it was, it was super long. It was four parts. It's 366 yeah. minutes, and I just didn't have the patience at that point to do it all, but I definitely want to see it at some point. But uh, It was a pretty light year. I think this is one of the lightest years. I mean, 90s horror isn't all that great reputation-wise, so um, and there's just more sequels to stuff like another pumpkin head, like another uh, puppet master, like, you know, phantasm, things like that. So 
I don't see a ton of. It's weird because like I, I know what you're saying about '90s being kind of dry for horror, but two of my like all-time favorite horror movies are from the '90s, so it's kind of weird that. What? Well, Scream and Candyman. But oh, yeah. I just meant like it's weird how they can have such like. Good. I don't. Mm-hmm. It was just a weird time. I think it was more top-heavy than anything. I don't think like I think the '80s. Was That's like one problem, of the pinnacles yeah. of horror. It's just because there's so much good stuff pumped out. In the yeah, and I think that they just kind of. It seemed like they ran out of ideas in the '90s. I mean, there are definitely some some really good ones. I just feel like there weren't as many. You know, the early 2000s was kind of bad too because it got oversaturated with like ghost movies. Yeah. And and like slasher remakes. And bad CGI. Like it was that was the beginning of CGI and it just looked like. I think shit. I think the last like maybe. Seven or eight years have been pretty good, though. Like, oh, absolutely. Out a lot of good stuff. No, I, I 100% agree. Do you guys see any more on the list? No, that I didn't. Want to I just wanted to point out, like, like I did, um, in the Mouth of Madness because it's a pretty popular one. I'd like to watch it again, though, if it's ever on any of the streaming. Services. You don't own it, though. No, I okay. don't. Just because, I mean, I like I said, I know I'd seen parts of it, but like, I didn't want to buy it still because I don't remember it, and yeah, if I don't. I'm trying to blind buy. Yeah, no, I feel you. RJ, any more you want to point out or mention anything? Oh uh, no, that one, um, the only one that I saw. On the list. Oh okay, yeah, the one. Oh, you thought the one that you said looked good? Yeah, I just yeah. Right. Check that, it out. That that I I want to watch Wolf. That looks good too. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. I I think I I mixed that up with American Werewolf in London. I'm pretty sure is what I was thinking that I had seen. I mean, anything has Jack Nicholson in it, I want to watch it. Yeah. So. yeah. Man, have you guys seen him lately? He looks like. Sh- yeah. I didn't realize he's, how old he was. He's though. getting old though. He's like super old. Like, I didn't realize anger that. Anger management. Anger management came out in what? The early two thousands. Like, yeah. And he was probably in his fifties then. No, so I think he's probably in his sixties. Yeah, I think he's yeah. in his eighties right now. Yeah. He. I saw him a picture of him like at a Lakers game or something. He looks bad. I'm gonna Google how old he is just because I'm curious. It sucks too because he's somebody I'd love to meet because he plays oh, like, yeah. one of my favorite Jokers and he's just such a great actor. But. He'll know, he would never do a convention. There's no way. Freaking Shining. I I'm not a huge fan of The Shining after I watched it recently. He's 82. Yeah, he looks it too. I haven't, seen the, I haven't seen The Shining since I was... I was under 10 when I first saw it. I still the Shining is like in my top two like favorite movies of all time. So it's kind of funny that he doesn't like it. And I'm like, I have it up so highly. Black, Black <laughs> like Christmas of all? Black yeah, Christmas of all, like oh, even wow. like it's number two. Even, yeah. Okay. I, Black Christmas is number one, right? No, that's it's that's one of my horror. favorite horror movies, but it's not like if if I was making a list of like all my movies, I think Black Christmas is like around ten or eleven or twelve. Well, off air, we'll have to get your. I want your top ten for sure. But anyway, um, I I won't go on a long tangent about it, but I saw it as a kid and I remember like enjoying it, and I watched it as an adult a few years back I, don't know, I was just bored with a lot of it I just I don't know I, I wanted to like it because I love Jack Nicholson and I love Stanley Kubrick and stuff but what, what Stanley Kubrick movies do you like then? Um, I love Clockwork Orange is amazing um, um, Full Metal Jacket he's my favorite director that's is why he, I was asking okay I, I have to think more off the spot but um, I, I don't know I was I was as bummed to not love it as I feel like you'd be to hear it. You know, I, I, I know it's a, it's a classic, but I just, I don't know. I didn't love it. You don't have to. No, I know, but I, I wanted to because I like, I mean, it's it's horror and, you know, I like Nicholson and stuff. But I don't know. I just, I was just bored by a lot of it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's this year in horror. Uh, like pretty top heavy, like we said. So, not, not a ton of groundbreaking stuff, but still a few good ones. So, 
We'll move on to the actual reviews of the movies, unless you guys have well, anything we'll else you want to do. horror in real life. Segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah go I think for that's it. been pretty consistent. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about it. Go for it. Um, I had a listener, like, tag me in an article on social media, and I thought this was fitting because it kind of reminds me of, like, a Final Destination type of thing. <laughs> so, um, something that's been pretty popular is these metal straw, drinking straws that people are using in oh, their yeah. cups to, like save from like using the plastic um touch my straw so the article's Game. title is metal drinking straw impales woman's brain and kills her oh my god <laughs> so that kind of reminded me of like a final destination style death or something um it says elena struthers gardner died after a metal straw pierced her brain through her left eye reusable metal straws may be good for the planet but they can also kill you <laughs> dun 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 the November 2018 death of Broadstone, England resident Elena Struthers Gardner. Oh, it was in 2018. Why are they just now putting this article out? Um, ruled accidental. The 60-year-old woman collapsed in her kitchen while holding a glass. The 10-inch steel straw drove through her left eye socket and pierced her brain. It just seems very Final Destination. I don't know what you guys think, but... <laughs> so she, so she like, collapsed for some other reason and then the straw pierced yeah. her... Yeah. Just like I said, it's like Final Destination when they just happen to trip and then... <laughs> we have some uh, like rubber ones at my house, and I, mean, I, I don't use them yet, but that might be a good reason to start. I definitely have the metal ones, so I need to be careful. Yeah, don't don't trip, or if your cat like scares you and he jumps up... And, I've like... got I've got one that's like like a straight shot, and then there's one that's like kind of curved, so like the curved one would be a bitch, too, because it just like go in your eye and then... <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> that's funny. She does say that. Well, you know. <laughs> whatever hits the spot. All right. That was kind of a brief one, but we can get on to... Yeah, we'll move movie. on to... Uh, so I was first this month, and I brought one that I wanted to show these guys. They hadn't seen. Um, it's, a, it's a 1997 Canadian sci-fi horror film called Cube. Um, the film is essentially about a group of people that wake up um, in this cube room they don't know how they got there they don't know why they're there uh they're very confused and essentially they travel from different cube room to different cube room um some of the rooms are rigged with traps designed to kill anybody that goes in and they're trying to you know find out why they're there what's going on and they're trying to find a way out so uh, i came across this um one of my friends showed me this, I think, when I was in high school. I had never heard of it, and uh, I, I, I loved it. And this was actually pre-Saw. Um, and I told these guys that I felt like, I've never heard officially, but I really felt like Saw kind of borrowed some concepts from this, like in the way of, like, there's, you know, people wake up, they don't know, you know, who all the other people are, they don't know why they're there, how they got there, there's the traps, um... There's no puppet master, I guess you could say. I mean, for lack of a better word, um, you know, we don't we don't get to find out why why any of this happens or who's behind it or anything. So I think you know, obviously, I, it's not. I don't think Saul ripped this off or anything, but I definitely think that Saul got a lot of inspiration from this movie. Um, and you guys want to talk about it a little bit? This is the first time I saw the movie um sometimes when the guys bring movies i haven't seen 
I know a little bit about them. So I didn't really honestly know much about this movie other than uh, Brent telling me that it was, an, that he felt like it was an influence for Saul. Um, so I went into it completely blind, which is nice. It, uh, after watching it, it kind of, I do see the Saul influence. Uh, I mean, this, the influence this had on, like, possibly Saul. Um, I also see a lot of similarities with the more recent movie that came out this year, Escape Room. Um, I enjoy all those movies, to be honest. Uh, Escape Room, Saul, Cube. Um, it's fun to see these people thrown in and trying to, like, navigate their way through. And, um, a lot of the times it's, like, psychological stuff going on. You see uh, people's like true colors coming out, especially like in this movie with the uh, the main guy. How he, he was the really, cop. Yeah, he just had like an anger problem, and he was really hot-headed. So like working in this team setting and tr and it being life or death, you could see his true colors coming out. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I first saw this film, I I thought for the longest time he was the good guy. Like he was the protagonist. Like we should cheer for him. I, well, that's how it, that's how it starts off. Yeah. But towards the but they end, develop it to him being a little more. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I was, I'm not, I guess not surprised, but I it, I guess it was kind of neat to see him become really the ultimate villain, in, in the end. Yeah. I mean, because I kind of thought the one girl, the the math, the girl that was good at math. Okay. I thought she was going to be like the main, like final, like she would be the one to escape. The final girl. Yeah. And then she didn't, like no one, I mean, spoiler alert, but like, I mean, possibly the one guy escaped. Yeah. But we don't know that. Yeah. But something else I did want to point out is I did like that this movie featured, I mean, he's probably just acting, but featured a mentally handicapped character. Yeah. You don't see that very often, especially in horror. No. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that representation in the movie, but... I know this is terrible, but because of Saul, I was like, I told Brent, I was expecting someone in the group to be like one of the like people orchestrating all the events, like the mole or like the betrayal. Yeah, because I mean, with Saul, you know, like everybody knows what happened in the first Saul movie, mm -hmm. and so I was thinking like, oh, this guy is pretending to be mentally handicapped, so they wouldn't expect suspect him. And but there there was someone technically involved, even though if it was, yeah. Um, Indirectly related. Yeah, I just meant, like, I thought it was that guy, and it ended up being wrong, but... I, you know, watching it now, for the, I think it's the third time I've seen it, I, I almost think that could have been a cooler ending if it ended the same way it did, but as he walked, as he got up on the platform and walked out, if he turned and just, like, winked at, at the guy or something, like, knowing that he was in it the entire time, I think that would have been kind of cool. Um, and the ending was very ambiguous. I, I don't know... I, I liked it that way. I mean, I would kind of. Yeah, with prefer. this type of movie, I didn't feel like I needed it to like. I didn't need closure with this no. one, but I'm the since the, they're sequels, I'm guessing that they obviously probably did give some kind of. Well, it's tough because there was a different director for each of the three. Yeah, so depending on what their vision was, they well, might have. Well, in one of the 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 second one, number two, is actually a prequel, and uh, the reason there was a different director is the original director isn't a fan of sequels and he, he just he didn't want the story to continue but studios oh, okay. did and so that was kind of his his view was he wanted it to be a one-off not really answer any questions and i know some people don't like that and then in, in certain in certain shows or movies or mediums i i want answers but this was one where i felt like i didn't want or need an answer you know i, I liked the fact that it was ambiguous and that you, you never really know the motivation behind 
why they're there. I mean, they all all the characters have a reason to be there, but you never really find out. Like yeah. in Saul, this is why they're there. You know, and I kind of I, kind I of think it's a, I think it's just a personal thing for every viewer with any movie. Like yeah. sometimes you feel like you need that closure, and sometimes you yeah. don't. And then other people watching the same movie might feel differently. Like, yeah. and I agree with you though. In this case, I didn't feel like I felt like what we got was enough. Like I didn't want yeah. there to be. Well, RJ, you said you you would have preferred if it was more structured and more closure. I guess. Yeah, so I mean, I agree with both of you and the fact that, Brent, you said that there are qualities in Saw, which you can see several right, right from the get-go. But I also agree with TJ when it's... I don't know, it's... it's I I appreciate... I, I want to know the backstory. I want... At the end of the movie, it's okay if you set it up for a sequel. It's okay if you want to leave some things a little bit ambiguous. But I at least want to know, what was the purpose of all of this? Yeah. Um... And I mean, I, I don't mean for that to sound negative, but I just, yeah. I think that's fair, you know. Well, and that's, again, that's like TJ said, that's, that's your viewpoint and that's, that's okay. You, that's a quality that you want out of it and that's fine. I mean, it's not, not, one's not better than the other, you know, it just, and, and I'm like you sometimes, sometimes I do want like a concrete hard, this is what happened and I want to be spoon fed. But for some reason in this one, I just don't, I like the fact that it's ambiguous and it's kind of up to you to, to you know, because the characters in the movie discuss, you know. One the the female doctor thinks it's the government, you know the the cop the, thought it was the rich guys. The cop thought it was just rich people for entertainment. Like they all speculate, and so I think it's kind of that's the director's way. Like it's kind of up to you. Like is it the rich guys? Is it the government? But is that, it or you know aliens? Like that like they someone posture. did say aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was the, the math girl. That's Sorry, the yeah. interesting thing of this movie is they're so detailed in different parts, like the numbers on each of the doors, the mm-hmm. traps how you know the there's one cube that rotates all the way around and ends up being the bridge to the exit so they're so detailed on all these other parts of it but they're also very very ambiguous in other parts of it yeah this is really weird but i feel like this felt like it was a video game almost like it almost no i completely yeah it felt I like it could have that. been a ps1 game back in the early 2000s like you know what i mean like yeah. You just, like, navigate through these cubes and, like, trying to... It, it, it feels like it could be a video game. Crazy thing is, so a, a lot of... The, the characters start to slowly realize that uh, there are a series of numbers on each cube and their coordinates, and they figure out, um, I think it's, like, factors of prime numbers, I want to say. Those rooms aren't trapped. They start to learn, because at first they're going through these cubes and they're just they're tying boots together and throwing boots in because they think, okay, these... They're motion sensor. They're motion sensored, yeah. Then they learn very quickly that <clears throat> some of them are voice activated, some of them are heat activated. So it takes, you know, most of the movie they finally figure out, okay, you know, these numbers mean something. Uh, I just, I always laugh when I watch this because I, I suck at math and I would, oh, I'd I be, I, I'd be dead very quickly because like, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be like, eh, this one seems fine. And I, you know, I'd walk in and like, yeah, it's I can't do math. There's you know, proof that we would, that you and I would be dead because the one guy was like, the first guy that died in the movie, he was like a master at escaping like prisons and yeah, the run. and he like that, he was the one that came up with the idea of tossing the boot in. Yeah. These are all motion sensor traps. He thought, and well, we all we realized that there was one room that wasn't motion censored and he yeah. got his face burnt off by a laser. So like once they once they uncover the math thing, it's like, okay, I would have been done. I would just sit and die. Or I would have been like the cop and just writing off of like their successes of Yeah. I mean I yeah. I, I just I have to chuckle to myself every time because I'm like yeah. if math had to save me, I'd be instantly dead. There was like, a there was another after they did the math after they revealed the math uh 
like the uh, crime numbers and stuff. Right. They they did end up finding a room that was it was voice activation. So like if yep. you heard noise or voices, anything other than like the doors opening and closing, like the these like laser cube. I don't know what they were grid type things would like come out and if you were if you were in there it would slice you up but it's kind of so like a Resident Evil thing. It was kind of interesting because like I mean yeah they could figure out some things to get to get through but like yeah there was definitely like <laughs> they had it pretty well set up where like they could still get you even if you thought you had it all figured out so I thought it was, it was funny cool. how uh, we find out that after all this time traveling throughout the, all the cubes they they were in the right cube to start with. You know, if, if yeah. they would never know that, but if they just stay put, which they, they overthought it, which it makes it. sense because you know that's the easiest way to get them in there. Exactly. Well, and, and it's and, sorry, and, go ahead. no, I was just saying, and, and nobody, everybody's gonna think, oh, we gotta get out of here and just go, go, go. Nobody's ever gonna sit and think, if we stay here, we're in the right place, you know, because we're I disoriented. Think, I think it's human nature to overthink it too, because yeah. you're like, oh, it can't be that simple. Like, exactly. I must come up with a plan. Nope, one hundred percent. Um, and it's crazy when they were like they at the one point they actually found um a door that opened to the outside and i'm terrified of heights personally so like i was telling um brant and rj when we were watching the movie i was like i don't know if i could honestly like they so what they did was they tied clothes together and tried to like see if they could climb down i'm like i honestly like if i didn't see the bottom i wouldn't even attempt that because i'm terrified of free falling like that so i mean I'm I'm very much afraid of heights as well, and I would not have been the person to volunteer to climb that Mm-mm. clothes ladder. There's no way. And then and the lady ends up dropping to her death. I, you know, as I watch this, I, this is a good one. And instead of like a twist on usual like favorite kill, like what was what what would be your most preferred way to die from the traps, and your the one you'd want the least? You can include the falling too if you want. That well, the falling would probably be my least, just because. One, I'm afraid of heights, and two, once you hit the ground, that's not you're not gonna die right away necessarily. I mean, you could if you're if you're high enough up, but like, you may just break your legs and slowly die, and I I don't like that. Yeah. So that'd be my least preferred way to go in that. Um, I see. Here's the thing. Like my most preferred way, I don't even know if they if we even saw everything in this one. But we didn't see it all. I would say. I mean, that laser that uh, Ren, that's his name, got to the face may be the quickest way because it might burn right through your brain. and So I don't know, maybe that. But the guy in the very beginning of the movie that wasn't in our group, mm-hmm. like, he just got all cut up, like, into different pieces, and that may be the fastest, too. I don't know. It depends on where they start. But Well, that's what I was going to say. That would be my most preferred because he didn't even see it coming, and all of a sudden he was just, like, he was cutting pieces and he was kind of dead. Mm-hmm. My least would be the... Uh, if you count the falling, otherwise I would say my least would be the the Ren got shot with acid in his face and he was like suffering for the few seconds he was oh, alive afterwards. I don't so. want that. I changed my no, mind. I don't yeah. want that. So I would that'd be my least, and then like the the wire grid would be my favorite, just be my favorite, my pick, just because that guy like got it and he was like shocked and then he just like fell to pieces. So, RJ, what about you? Uh, would you want favorite kills? No, no. Like which way, if you were in that um, thing, which way would you be more, your more preferred way to die and your least preferred way to die? From, like, what... All they... the traps we saw. There's, there's really no preferred way to die because <laughs> none of them are quick and painless. That's not fun. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta pick. Um, you gotta die. I mean, we saw, what, 
three deaths from traps. Um, two. Was the guy two from traps. There was the guy in the beginning. Yeah. The acid. Yeah. The girl fell, but that wasn't from a trap. And yeah. then two, three of them died from like. The one girl got stabbed by one of the guys. The one guy got stuck in the middle of two doors when the room shifted. The doctor got dropped. And so then yeah, it was just two traps. Stabbed, yeah. Well, we, well, we saw more traps, only two trap deaths. Right. I guess the one in the beginning where the guy just got cut into like two dozen different pieces. That's the one you prefer. Yeah. What would be your least favorite if you? That acid. Yeah, acid fucking sucked. Cause he was still alive for like. Probably a minute or I so. I guess I forgot it was acid. That's why. Yeah. That's why I changed my mind. Because no, like laser, I thought it was a laser. Great. No, he got his face got melted off. Because it was slowly like melting his face off. Well, yeah. I don't want that. So that's not my. <laughs> you chose it. it. That's you're stuck with the acid. Acid in your face forever. Um, Can I be on acid before it happens? <laughs> well, that's that's up to you. That's uh, the point. Yeah. <laughs> Cheating. The, the acids would cancel each other out, so you'd be good to go. You'd just walk right out. Uh, back to what I said before um, about cube inspiring saw like i i type it into google and i see like search results like cube is the canadian version of saw you've never heard of before saw there was cube um did saw copy this movie uh i so i definitely i, I really want to watch some of the special features i don't know that the anybody from saw would ever admit it i hope they will because i, I don't know, once i watched saw my first thought was like they like they that's cube like they borrowed a ton of this stuff from cube so, I mean, it was cool to see it elaborated and fleshed out and in different ways, because obviously there's, what, nine Saw movies? Some ridiculous Eight or nine. Like that. So, Eight. I mean, they, they, they have, Sorry, I was counting. <laughs> I mean, they have much more range, and they're, they have much bigger of a budget. I mean, the budget for this movie was, I think, like 300000 So, I mean, they're obviously on a much higher budget for Saw, so you get to, you know, see a more fleshed out story, but... Um, have you ever seen the movie on Netflix called... I don't know if it's The Circle or just Circle. I want to say yes. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of Cube. Just because like, people were randomly abducted and put in um, this room. and I don't know. It's like a psychological thing, too. Yeah. Um, I, so I had a couple uh, just cool facts real quick. So, as I mentioned a minute ago, it was a low-budget film... And they actually only used one complete cube and one partial for different camera angles. And they said the room was lit differently as they entered a new cube to give the film the illusion of multiples, which was kind of cool. I mean, because I felt like the set was very elaborate. Um, and so I guess it was. It makes sense that they would only make, you know, one of these rooms. And, and that's the beauty is you literally could just light it different ways and make different traps and stuff. Yeah, I was just about to say that you just have to change, like, the, the backdrop lights yeah. that are lighting up the... Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a good way to save some money, and it, you know, you're watching, you'd never know, you know, because especially because they're going, you know, there's doors, literally all four corners of every room, you know, so you can go up, you can go down, left, right, so, you know, as as the viewer, you're kind of disoriented, you never know which way they're going, um, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, all the characters from this movie, they had names that were taken from well-known prisons, um, and people have surmised that. It was basically supposed to be a metaphor in the script for like being trapped or being in prison, which Why I thought was kind of cool. Why would I catch that? They did. Have, they did have different names, so I, I, I did think, and even their names were put on there, you know, like a prison. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I connected those fairly quickly, but yeah. 
You're familiar with a lot of his U.S. prisons. Hey, man. I want to go to Alcatraz. Or are they Canadian prisons, maybe? Uh, I don't know. What did it say? It said just well-known <laughs> prisons. I've been to East State. Went to Al Capone's cell. What's East State? East State Penitentiary in Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, Philadelphia. okay. Oh, nice. That's cool. God, Brett. Shut You're up. supposed to know these prison names, man. Apparently. I, uh, it, that was the slang term. But, yeah, so you guys have anything else, else you want to say, or do you guys want to just read it? Um, I think I pretty much covered everything. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, if I don't RJ think it has anything. Super or... deep. I think we touched on it pretty well. Who wants to go first? It's up to you. Uh, it's your movie, Brent. Okay. Uh, I will give this a four out of five. Uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it's something I can definitely watch again. And I like to show to people that, you know, like Saw or kind of inclined to movies like this. And I think it's just a kind of like a cool little, like, mind fuck to watch it sometimes. So uh, I really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. It's been on Netflix and a few times. Otherwise, then that's kind of hard to find. But... Um, I, I I think it's a it was a very good movie it was it was well done the effects were good uh, I think the characters were were well thought out and it was well acted and I thought it was it was really good so okay I will uh, I'll go next um I can appreciate the uh, parallels between this and Saw um there like I had mentioned before there are a couple of points that I feel like they could have been a little bit stronger on but overall I was a fairly good movie so I would probably give this one a three out of four three out um, of five yeah three out of five sorry um yeah he gave it a 34 guys that's right just <laughs> knocking it out of the park I like it yeah I I would give it a three could you elaborate on that? I, I did elaborate on that mm-hmm. earlier. I gave you my opinions. You know, you, you, you guys don't let me just give my... I know. Yeah. I don't you, have to rehash what I said. If I have to, you have to. We're going to hold you You don't ever have standards. to rehash, though. He just has you do it when you don't give enough in the regular discussion. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So technically, I'm fine. If if he asked us like what we thought of the movie and I didn't say anything, then I guess that would make sense. I would slap you and be like... So, so yeah, so that's I mean that's three three of us approved. I mean, it's not unanimous this time, but yeah, um, and we all liked it. I think definitely. So um, give it a shot. Uh, like I said, there's two sequels. One is a prequel. One's a sequel. Um, I have yet to see either one of those. So uh, all the points that we raised about the ending being ambiguous or not understanding as much of going on that I would assume would be rectified with a prequel and a sequel. Um, I'll have to check those out, see if I can find them, and maybe, you know, come back and give a little update of what I think. So, uh, but yeah, that's it for Cube. All right. Second movie uh, was me this month. I picked Hatchet, a movie that came out in 2006, uh, directed by Adam Green. It was a sort of callback to typical 80s slasher movies. Um, so this movie takes place in New Orleans in the swamp and it starts out with a little cameo from Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself, and <clears throat> him and his son are out in a boat, they're hunting gators and uh uh movie then flashes to the following morning um 
where we meet our main characters and uh, the main guy he's just like out of a really long relationship of like eight years I think he said and he's with his buddies it's Mardi Gras and uh, they're all partying they're doing the party scene and and the main guy wants to <clears throat> leave the party and go on like a uh, swamp go like air quotes ghost tour and so his one friend leaves with him because he doesn't want him to be by himself so uh, they end up on this tour with a group of so there's an older couple who look like they're kind of on their like an anniversary trip or just kind of a retired couple vacationing then you've got this guy who's recording these two women like flashing their tits and stuff it's kind of like a girls gone wild video best part of the whole movie <laughs> him and then like the two women are, are on the boat and then there's a mysterious girl who's just kind of like not given a whole lot and the main guy's trying to like talk her up on the bus ride to the boat and stuff who uh she's kind of like the main the main character with the guy and we ended up finding out that it was her dad and brother that were on the boat the night before um and then the tour guide is like a con artist just trying to make money and they crash the boat and it's nighttime and they end up stranded out in the swamp where we meet the killer of the movie, um, Victor Crowley. And so, like, the legend in the movie is that Victor Crowley, like, he was, like, a deformed child who lived out in the woods with his father. And occasionally he would go to town in his dad's truck with him and the local kids would bully him. And at, at one point, it's Halloween and the, and the kids, they go out to the house and they are throwing, like, fireworks at the door to scare him. And it ends up catching the house on fire, and the dad ends up getting there, grabs a hatchet out of his truck, and he starts, like, beating the door down to try to save him from the fire. But little does he know, like, Victor Crowley's face is, like, right on the other side of that door, and he ends up striking him in the face with the hatchet. Um, so that was, like, the lore of, of the character. But essentially this movie is just, like, like I said, it's it's a callback to those 80s slashers, and it's just it's it's just meant to be fun for people who are fans of that genre. Um, it's really gory. It's all practical effects. Like Adam Green had a no CGI rule. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I believe I was listening to Adam Green talk on a on a YouTube video at one point. He was saying the only CGI they used on it was to cover up like wires and cords and stuff that they had from like technical equipment, but it was like all the kills and um, action sequences were all practical. Um, Adam Green himself is like a fan of the horror genre, so you know, like he loves it and he wants to make what horror fans want. Yeah. Um, so honestly, that's all this movie is meant to be is just like fun for the fans. Um, nothing too deep to be thought about. Uh, I'll let these guys talk about it a little bit. Yeah, this is a first time watch for me. Um, I had seen i've seen these movies out like at half price books and i've heard them talked about um so i was very curious to give them a shot um so when tj <clears> said he was bringing this i was excited because uh i had seen that they had put this on amazon prime recently so i kind of wanted to watch it to see what it was like but um you know i waited till tonight and i actually really liked it uh like tj said the fact that there were no practical or no there was no cgi Besides covering up wires and stuff, I really appreciated The practical effects were really good. And I feel like you said this came out in 2006. Yeah. I feel like that it's just so easy these days to make 
CGI part of the experience. And so I really appreciate the fact that they took more time and, and money and effort you know, to make this as real as possible. And it was just a fun movie. Um, I think Victor Crowley was kind of a cool character and um, he didn't speak in this one. I don't, I don't know if he will in the sequels or not. Uh, I plan to check those out, but um, I mean, his, I think his motivation was clear. It made sense. I was kind of surprised at his origin story because when the tour guy was giving the, the, his version of the legend and saying that Victor Crowley's dad abused him and, you know, hit him in the face with a hatchet because he was so ugly. Like, I guess that sounds like a typical <laughs> horror trope and I, I expected that to be the true story. So when you found out that his dad was actually a good dad, you know, and tried to save him and accidentally killed him, like, I thought that was like a good twist. Um, I think the kills were cool. I think the only two negatives I had for it, um, and it's just more like personal feeling than anything. Um, the main character, I'm trying to think. Which one, the girl? No, the guy. Um, I gotta pull him up real quick. He's been in a lot of different stuff. Yeah, he's in Dodgeball. Yeah. I didn't like him as the main like hero because I just feel like he's like a a big dork and I just felt like I don't know I, I couldn't relate to him and I really couldn't like he didn't resonate with me like I thought he was just a giant nerd and I I don't know I just I didn't like him being cast as the main guy I guess yeah I think um, once you watch the sequels it's more like Marianne's the main character okay and that was better because I feel like everything I've seen uh his name is Joel Moore everything I've seen him in like Dodgeball Grandma's Boy I feel like he's oh, just... Oh, yeah! Yeah, he's in Grandma's <laughs> He way, was yeah. that robotic guy, or the Matrix guy. And I like him, but I just feel like, <laughs> I don't know, he never struck me as, like, the leading man and, like, the tough guy. And I don't know, I just... Yeah. The whole time I was watching, I was thinking, like, I just don't... Like, he'd be a good sidekick, but I feel like he's just not right for, like, the main the main part. I forgot about him in Grandma's Boy. He's, like, he dresses like he's in the Matrix, and he yeah. calls him, like, turd nuggets, and he, like, has yeah. a little robot. Yeah. I, I don't know, I just... That bothered me. Um, and then the other part, um, the one kill that we see off screen, um, the blonde girl, I'm trying to think of her name. Um, well, she, I don't think I'll be able to find it. But the, one of the girls that was like shooting like the softcore porn, uh, we, we see her die off screen and see her body parts thrown out. And I felt like she was like the really stupid one and the whiny one of, of the girls. So I felt like her kill would have been better on screen. Like, I felt like she should have had the death that the other softcore porn actress had, and it should have been reversed. Like, to me, it just would have had a more, a more of an impact if they were swapped. So that was kind of one thing that I just, I, I personally think would have been better. But other than that, I really liked it. It was fun. Um, I think it accomplished exactly what it was supposed to, and you could just tell, you know, the passion that Adam Green had for it. And uh, I don't know, I'm excited to see Hatchet 2 and 3 and Victor Crowley and just kind of see where it goes from there, so. Well, the only unfortunate thing is this is, like, the best one out of the whole series. Is so. it? <laughs> Usually the first one always is, though. A lot of times, yeah. I mean, it can go off the rails some, but I feel like this is a character that it's not super complex, and I feel like you could yeah. you, you, could, you could make these easily, you know? And Yeah. So, and I don't know. I just I just thought about old Greg the whole time. What are you doing in my water? I just wanted to say that so bad. They should make a instead of Freddy versus Jason, it's old Greg versus Victor yeah, Crowley. Versus Victor Crowley, be awesome. What you doing in my waters? And he just like roars Victor at him. Victor Crowley. <laughs> Looking at my my man lady parts. All right, RJ. You know what we're talking about, so feel free. Just... I'm old Greg. You want to see my mangina? I got a mangina. <laughs> and you are right. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 
you're missing out. You're, you so, should. Um, this was this was the first time I had seen Hatchet, and right from the very beginning, I noticed parallels between this and Pumpkinhead. Um, Brent and TJ have not seen Pumpkinhead, but it follows the same plot line. Um, very similar, by the way. I'm sure those of you who have seen Pumpkinhead would agree. But um, it the the backstory is different, but when it comes to the actual monster and his story, it's very similar. Um, I can't really. I mean, this this movie was serious at times. It was humorous at times. Had um, couple good kills. Uh, as far as the actual ending with the monster, I think it. I don't, what, what did you guys think about how they killed the monster in the end? I mean, it's tough because I don't think he's dead because I've seen the other ones. <laughs> I knew there were sequels, so I knew he wasn't dead. Um, uh, I guess when I see movies like this and Friday the 13th and stuff, like I don't pay much attention to that because I know they're not dead. How did he even they kill him at the end? I don't even remember. They don't. It, it's because he had that like that uh, rod that he he was charging at him and then like yeah, but no rain and oh and the boat. water, no, the yeah. Boat, yeah, yeah, I don't even. Why, like, why don't I remember that? I probably, I don't either. Because remember, it just cuts off. Yeah, okay, he, he, he gra- he's choking the girl, and then it cuts off. That's what it is. So he didn't even die. And it's probably because I know he's not dead, so I don't really care. Well, so, I mean, it's, it, it's not, I don't know, I guess they wanted to build up anticipa- anticipation because they knew that they were making a second one. But, um, overall, I, I, I think my favorite character would probably be the Asian tour guide. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Jackie Chan. Yeah, for very obvious reasons. Just a quick note, though, before... They actually weren't anticipating to make a sequel at first, really? because they, they actually forced Adam Green to make it. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, he I think I think he was okay with them making one, but I don't think he wanted to direct it, but they kind of forced him to do it. That's funny. I mean, with an ending like that, I mean, they kind of... You can't... I don't know. You just can't leave I mean, them. think about the ending of the first Friday the 13th. Like so, essentially, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, it's almost like a Friday the 13th ending, where, um, so the, the guy, the two survivors, a guy and the girl, are on the boat, and they're kind of trying to row away. They've impaled the monster, they think they killed the monster, and, you know, one of them gets pulled into the water, and it's the girl, so she sees a hand that's pushed into the water that's, you know, beckoning her, like, grab it, I'll pull you up, I'll save you. So she gets to the, the hand, and it pulls her up, and it's the monster. And he starts to pull her up, and then it just cuts. It just ends. Um, so that's that's what we were talking about. But that's really my only beef with the movie. Um, yeah, it's... Like I said, it reminds me of Pumpkinhead, and I like Pumpkinhead. You don't, um, you don't have that one, do you? I do not. I, I will bring that eventually, since, you should bring it. since the two of you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, whenever we go to Horror Hound, I always see like these really cool pumpkin head posters. Um, they actually, was, yeah, you might be able to find it there too. Like mm-hmm. they usually have like booths that sell DVDs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, overall for me, I enjoyed it too. But it was, I, I had never heard of this movie at all. So. Yeah, I mean, there's not. It's not like a real deep movie or anything. So I don't expect yeah. anything uh, for any more deep conversation yeah. on it personally. It was just, like, it was just fun. I mean, I think it. <laughs> I think, like I said before, it accomplished what it set out to. It was just a yeah. fun slasher, you know? Right. Oh, just slashers, kind of. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can give you my score if you're ready. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Well, I have, actually, if you want, just because we've kind of made a, a point of doing this with other movies, did you want to say your favorite 
kill since this one actually had kills like um i think mine is when um the the older lady and the couple yeah. was running after he after yeah. her husband just got killed and he like he put his hands in her mouth and like ripped up and just like tore the top half of her head back all that, that was cool because it, because it was practical that was i would have to agree with that yeah. because you could actually see the tongue still yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah. really cool. that was that was my favorite too i mean i think that was that was just badass and you just i don't know you just don't see it that much yeah so. see, and, and when they did that it wasn't like you when you watch that you can't say okay yeah that's fake i mean you could it's it's very well done with the and it's not cgi it's it's makeup it's hands-on effects so it's it's very you can appreciate how well they did that yeah scene. i think rj and i have a good eye for fake and we'll get into that in his movie but <laughs> first off how dare you <laughs> all right this. anyways so my score is uh simply it's just a 3.5 out of 5 so guys yep. i i gave it a three um i i really liked it it was really good i think it served its purpose um it's just a just a fun watch so give it a shot uh i would also give this one a three Okay. Keeping the train rolling, it's approved as well. So we'll move on to our final film. It's approved tonight. essentially just like if it's three or higher. I, I look at approved if we all because I mean three out of five I think is is average or a little above average. So yeah, I think, no, I just yeah. mean if we give something below three, is it technically approved? Mm, I don't. I don't think. I think if one of us give it below three, it's not approved. No, because because no. three is saying that we like it and we would. Watch yeah, it. I know. I just meant. Yeah. When he, I was just met for him when he says that. Uh, yeah, if I give something below a three. Are you? No. I don't want to ruin her. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I kind of made this scale up on the fly, but I've, I've always just kind of looked at it like if we all at least give it a three, that we all approve because that's something you'd watch again. You, you know, you wouldn't be opposed to seeing it again. I, did, so. I just didn't want to ruin our next one. That's why I was. No, I, I mean, yeah, just give it your honest go, and if, you know, <laughs> we can say two out of three approved or one out of three approved. All right. And, you know, so. Anyway, number three. So, I ended up bringing The Cemetery Man, and I came across this movie on accident. I um, was watching a couple, I was trying to find, like, uh, good werewolf movies and good vampire movies, and I came across a YouTube video that said the top ten movies that portrayed death, and by death, I mean the Grim Reaper, and this was, um, I forget what number it was, I think it was maybe four or five. And I was intrigued by it. I was also intrigued by another movie on the list. But this one was out of print, and it was a lot harder to find. The other one I ended up finding on Netflix. But um, this one is called The Cemetery Man, and it was made in uh, 1994, did we say? Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting thing about this, it was produced in Italy, France, and Germany. And it was released in 1994 in Italy. And then in 1995 in France, and then in 1996 in the United States. Dang. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I've never seen a movie that's released, you know, staggered like that. It looks like it brought in, like, $253,000. Uh, it was produced in Italian and English. And you can, you can tell by, I guess, how the actors... I, I don't know. I, I could tell that it wasn't a American movie. Mm-hmm. But, um... Overall, the plot, there's, I guess you could call him a groundskeeper. He's like a caretaker, I'd say. Yeah, a caretaker. He runs the cemetery, the local cemetery, and the very first scene, you just kind of get a reality slap of what he does, (laughs) and he's sitting there at his desk. There's one friend that he has that calls him occasionally, 
and he's talking to the guy on the phone and he gets a knock on the door and it's a zombie that's staying there and he's he's holding some kind of crater case yeah and um the guy just doesn't even like he acknowledges him but doesn't even bat an eye pulls out his he has this old antique revolver and just shoots him square in the head and um his assistant (laughs) nagi comes and you know helps him with it i was so confused by that by the way like Obviously, we'd find out why, but when we all watched that scene, I was like, what in the fuck just happened? Yeah, it's it, it doesn't, uh, it, it starts off pretty quickly yeah. right away. So, the, you know, that's the, I feel like that's the backstory of this movie. Yeah. Is the, you know, essentially the plot is that not everybody comes back. He calls them returners. returners. But not everyone comes back. I think he said it takes about nine days. Seven days usually is yeah, what we said, yeah. We'll go with seven to nine days. But yeah. um, if they don't come back within that frame, they're not going to come back. And he said not everybody comes back. So and the main story is, uh, I think the second or third person that they ended up burying was uh, this older guy who has, has this ridiculously hot wife. And um, she looks Ukrainian. She's got the most beautiful lips I've ever seen. But, um, you know, she's walking, she's mourning, he's just, like, awestruck by her. And, <laughs> um, you know, he so he goes up, he tries to talk to her several times, he ends up insulting her the first time, and she storms off. She comes back the second time, and um, he ends up getting her attention by saying that his cemetery has a nice ossuary, which I, I still really wish I knew what that was. I'll Google it and see. But, um... spell it? <laughs> That's probably Yeah. Um Okay, well he's looking that up. So it's basically a they start off right away, it's basically a kind of a love drama between the two of them. And she comes back, I wanna say three times and different she looks exactly the same, but she comes back as a different person each time. Um so the first time she's a you know, she's a widow, the second time she's the assistant to the mayor the third time she's a college student so he keeps getting drawn back to her and little by little he's getting um not paranoid but he's getting like what's the what's the point of life you know what what's what's on the other side what's outside of this town you know what what more is there and uh what i originally started talking about in the beginning the list of uh you know the movies that had the that the death scene in it and the Grim Reaper appears to him and basically tells him to stop killing the dead that they're his. And that, you know, if he wants to kill somebody, he should kill the living. And he, the ne- that, that night, he goes to the town square and ends up killing seven people. Um, ironically, there's a lot of these people are the ones who make fun of him. Um, because he's the younger guy that's in the cemetery and they all make, they all make this personal joke of him that he's a eunuch or he's impotent or something like that they never really explained that but uh it's it's an interesting movie it's got twists and turns in it uh so an ossuary is a chest box building well or site made to serve as the final resting place of human skeletal remains they are frequently used where burial space is sparse so basically it's just a giant tomb that she was like hot for so clears that up Interesting. Yeah. So the um, there's a lot of irony in this movie. Um, 
the first most ironic part is so and it's kind of twisted so they they end up making having sex in the cemetery <laughs> on her ex-husband's grave you know because why? she said that he wants her that, that she wants him to be you know she doesn't want to keep anything from him <laughs> and when he first meets her he asks you know how long has he been dead and she said two weeks and he's like oh thank god so that was that was when he offended her initially but i feel like that's why he felt safe that he could do this on top of the grave but he ends up coming back um he bites her the guy thinks that she's gonna die so they carry her inside the local doctor comes pronounces her dead says that she died of heart failure during sex and he puts her in the ossuary and uh, just lets her sit there. And he, you know, he watches her. He's just, he, I think he's expecting her to come back from the dead, which she ends up doing. She, you know, rises up. She's talking to him, and he automatically thinks that she's dead. So he shoots her in the head like he does all the others. And it turns out, you know, she ends up coming back again, and he ends, she ends up biting him. And the bites in the movie don't turn you into a zombie, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. But, uh, so, she ends up coming back again, and Nagi, his faithful servant, who's a very colorful character, ends up finishing her off, and he finds out that the first time that he killed her, he actually did kill her, like, she wasn't dead. So, he ends up actually killing the love of his life, and that's what kind of starts him on this downward spiral but i don't know it's, it's full of irony so brent you started to say you know why they were having sex on his grave yeah i just wanted to make sure you pointed that out yeah because it was funny because she didn't yeah. want to keep anything from him he even points out like you know why here on your dead husband's grave like, oh yeah. i don't want to keep anything from him yeah tj you want to go next no like well, why don't you go next? okay yeah so, uh, this was a first time watch for me. I had heard about this on another podcast, um, and I had added it to my list of stuff to watch because it, I don't remember exactly what they said, but it intrigued me enough that I wanted to give it a chance, but it's out of print and it's very hard to find, so I, I wasn't sure when I'd see it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I, I had said afterwards that it was one of the weirdest and craziest movies I had ever seen, but I loved it. Um, it was fun. I mean, it was, it was offbeat. Um... I mean, I definitely think that, you know, there was some narrative, I guess a lack of narrative cohesion sometimes, or coherence, um, so I could see that being a negative, but I thought it was a blast. Um, I think the humor was very much on point. It was kind of like a dry humor a lot of times. Um, like RJ said, when the movie opens up, you know, the main character just opens the door and just shoots this guy in the head, and obviously... When you see the character, you know, he, he looks like he's... You assume he's dead, but I still was like... He just goes back to his night, you know, it's no big deal. Um, his sidekick, Nagi, is hilarious. And he, like, only <laughs> says, like, meh. But somehow, Francesco always understands what he's saying and, like, can speak his language. It's like he's starting to say his name. I, I said yeah. he's like a Pokemon. Yeah. Like, how they have, like, they say half their name or a quarter of their name, or they just make, like, this noise. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, their relationship was fun. I really liked uh, the practical effects of the zombies, and I liked the fact that you know he had to kill them when they came back, and they'd come back in different ways, and some could talk, and some either couldn't or some just didn't. Like the scene where the kid dies in the motorcycle accident, and he busts out of his grave riding his mangled motorcycle. Like that was just 
so stupid, but it was fun. But it's also a good point that goes back to, you know, this this obviously did not have a very good budget or a big budget, but the cemetery is very well done. It's very good um, architecture. Not architecture, but uh, like set a, design. Yeah, set. It's a very good set, and way each of the zombies die it's interesting how they come back like the guy um the guy who died on the motorcycle he comes back he's got motor he's got parts all over him um both the husband of the ridiculously hot wife and then when she comes back they both have like roots growing out of them or like plants growing out of them so i don't know it's 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 interesting how they portray all the zombies they're not they're not all the same they don't yeah. they all don't have dark circles under their eyes or they each have like a little bit of their own character well they're not like Ooh, like mindless walking around i love when the mayor of the town <laughs> yeah, dies. i was just i was just about to say <laughs> and he that. climbs up on top of this uh this like tomb and the the guy's like get down he's like no you can't make me like, i'm like, the mayor he's like no you can't like you can't make me get out like a kid and he just like shoots him in the head and falls <laughs> down like i don't know the humor was just so offbeat and I feel like I laughed more during this than I can remember in, in a lot of the movies we watched here. Like, you know, in, and this is definitely a horror comedy, but um, I don't know. The humor is just so dry, and I was just about to say it's dry humor. But I, but I like that, and I just I don't know. I I, I thought it was it was hilarious. Um, I think the second act started to to get a little crazy. Um, I didn't really understand the significance of somehow the love of his life kept coming back in different forms like i didn't really understand that um that's a so it's uh i know i saw the story on um factor fiction when they had that movie out you know they'd show like five episodes you yeah. had to guess which one was factor fiction but i think that's a old european folklore that if you know if you really love someone and you feel like you're never going to meet them, like you're, you're never going to fall in love again, you're never going to meet anybody again, that they come back to you in different forms of people. Okay. So I think that's a European... Uh, European... Like belief or, or not legend belief, or something? Not belief, but like a... Uh, not religious, but... Like legend? Yeah, like go with legend. Yeah, and if that's the case, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, narratively, I was, you know, a little confused a few times, and... I mean, I guess, I think I guess it served to drive him crazier and crazier, and just kind of drive the point home that you know he's just losing his shit. Um, the ending with like the snow globe stuff, I don't was I don't know I didn't. It was funny how the how Nagi hit his head and Francesco thought he died, and then all of a sudden Nagi wakes up and is like speaking perfect English. And it was <laughs> like he knocked some sense back into him, but I don't know. I never looked at it that way, but yeah, that makes yeah. sense now. Um, and then his response is, Nah. Yeah, <laughs> so they're like the rules are reversed. Uh, I don't know. I it had twists and turns, and it it was a little crazy in the third act. Um, him walking around the hospital, killing people, killing nurses and stuff, and uh, like the head police officer like is determined to like prove him innocent and like refuses to believe. Like he's like, oh, I see you have a gun. He's like, oh, that's good. He's like, you can defend yourself. There's a maniac upstairs. <laughs> he just shot seven people. Yeah. He's like, it was me. I think one of my favorite parts and one of my favorite lines uh, is. Uh, Francesco's one of well, one of his friends in the movie takes the blame for all the murders he committed. So Francesco's trying to uh, confront him and ask him why he's in a coma and you know can't really talk at the moment. But uh, this this nun comes in and she's like, "What are you doing? You can't smoke in here!" And he just casually turns and shoots her in the head. And then a doctor comes in and he says, "What is she doing on the floor?" 
And uh, Francesca's like, oh, praying. <laughs> and the doctor's like, oh, she's okay. ironically a nun. She's like face down, like she's like face down, sprawled out. And she's like, oh, she's praying. Like that was just like the little bits of humor that I just I thought was absolutely like hilarious. So um, uh, I I really really enjoyed it. So I'll let uh, let TJ. I feel like I should have gone stuff. before you because like now I'm gonna be like the depressing one and like you just gonna like sing the Debbie Downer. No, it's probably good though. I guess that we you know. We I know, but we should have ended it on the positive part. Well, you know. We're just gonna end it right here. We're yeah, TJ. I just I don't know. I, maybe I didn't get it like you guys did, but I just didn't like it at all. Like I felt like the narrative was all over the place and like I didn't really feel like there was a plot even though I know like RJ was mentioning what he thought the plot was but I didn't really see a plot and the narrative jumped around I felt like it was it wasn't really like a very cohesive linear movie like it just kind of like we would see one scene and then all of a sudden it would jump to something else it's kind of like we were just like sitting in on his life like and randomly getting different parts of it and I didn't really understand what was going on with the different the three different women being like the same actress but like different characters i didn't really understand that like you said mm-hmm. um i mean there was parts that i found funny like i agree like there were some funny parts and i agree with rj the the detail that they put into some of the things was was i can respect that um i just think it was hard for me to enjoy it because i was confused most of the time and i didn't really understand like the beginning like i think brent said that the beginning was better than like the second half kind of just went off the rails a little, a little so tj had this this he loved this certain scene in the movie where uh Frances- i think his name's francesca francesco yeah, yeah, yeah francesco meets with the mayor and the sheriff and a couple other high profile people in the in the city and he brings his assistant nagi with him and the mayor also has his daughter there and Nagi is just getting a hard-on by this young girl. It's kind of disturbing. No, it's because, weird. Because he's this older guy. So he starts drooling, all this Mentally other stuff. Mentally, he's a kid. Yeah, yeah. and then TJ just, just kind of like, what, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and, and he, he ends up like, getting so excited that he, like, barfs all over this girl. And I don't know. But like, it's, it's okay, TJ. Well, I'm not trying to be, like, negative, it's okay, but TJ, it's like, I'm not going to lie either. Like, it's I okay, because like I felt it. the same exact way about Black Christmas, so it's okay. <laughs> but this wasn't even your favorite movie, so I'm I don't kidding. understand I'm, I'm kidding, the comparison. I'm kidding. But I'm kidding. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to keep going on and on about it because I'm not going to kill their vibe on it. No. They loved it. Um, I wasn't a fan. Okay. I don't really have. I don't want to keep going on and on about That's it. That's fair. But... Oh, Brent, I'm curious to hear your rating. That's so why you start off. Uh, you have to. No, rate you. It first. It's your movie. Yeah, you're, we're doing. You your... made us do our movies first. Yeah, you go first. It's not gonna change mine. I don't care. So there are there are we don't change ours, there so. are some things that I don't like about the movie. I don't like the ending. Um, oh yeah, I didn't get that either. Like I didn't understand the ending. It's it's not the and the the road was missing and I know, but it's supposed to be like like I feel like they're trying to be like how Brent when Brent was talking about Rob Zombie and House of a Thousand Corpses and he was like oh he's just being like trying to be too cute and artsy. I kind of felt like I know, but that was an American movie. movie, so you have to look at. So one of the places this was filmed was as German influence, Italian influence, and French influence. German influence is very dark and direct, and it's very kind of, you know, just like a dark, depressing look, a lot of producers that are German. And so this movie, like, the end story is that there's no... What? But, I mean, you've seen European movies, so I'm... TJ, so I'm, I'm guessing you'll... 
you understand. But I... I can't give it... I guess I'm in between like a 4 and a 3. You'll give it 3.5? Yeah, I'll give it a 3.5. Or we can let you think about it a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll do a 3.5. Alright. Um, it's a 4 for me. It was going to be a 4.5, uh, but the the ending and some of the ambiguity with the, the story brought it down a, a little bit. I wanted to give it a 4.5, but um, I mean maybe on a rewatch and maybe reading about it, I might be able to understand a little more of the stuff I did, didn't pick up on, but it's still a solid 4 for me. I thought it was hilarious. Um, the, the zombie killing parts were fun. I liked that that was his job, and... We never get an explanation why they come back, but I just thought it was cool that, you know, his job is literally to just kill all these zombies that come back. So uh, I thought it was it was awesome. It was a really fun ride, and I can't wait to watch it again. Did you buy it? Did you end up buying it? Uh, I'm watching it on eBay. It's got five days left of what I'm watching, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye on it. It's it's out of print. It's expensive, so I'm trying to keep the cost down. But cool. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm being the downer, so I'm gonna give it a two. Um, I, I kind of I think that's the lowest rating <laughs> any of us have gotten. I I mean it's the same thing we all gave Triangle. I think I felt the same way, and I might try to watch it again sometime and see if I. It definitely I, I definitely it enjoyed it more. When I Maybe it I'll understand time. it better. I don't know. That's how I felt about Triangle too, but I never ended up rewatching that. Yeah. I don't know that I can. That one was just. A lot of people like it though. I don't know. I've heard that, and I that's what makes me want to watch it again, but. I know we were all very tired when we watched it, but I don't know. I just, I read about it the next day, and I still, nobody could really tell me on the internet what happened. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know. See, and I feel like if The Cube is also one of those movies where if I we watch it again, I'll appreciate it more. And I feel like my movie is no exception at all. Um, there were things that you pointed out that I hadn't noticed the first time. So About, about this? No, Cemetery. Yeah, Cemetery Man. Well, I think, I think with anything, I... I think rewatches only serve to help, and they show you more details because you know the you know the plot, and you know the main parts, so you pick up on things more. Like I, that's why I, I think I'd like to try and read about this movie to maybe maybe you know something about it will tell you something on the internet will tell you like explain plots of it, and I think that it might it would might make more sense and might be might be even better. But I don't know. I love yeah, that's it. why when I started, I was like, I probably just didn't get it. Like well, you guys you know, did. It's, you know, it's, I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed it for what it was, and I just. I don't, but I, again, I'm the resident horror comedy fan, big time, and and B movie. And this was, I think, this was definitely up that alley. It reminded me a lot of Dead Alive, which you guys haven't seen. It was also a '90s movie. Um, it was. I'll, I'll have to bring that because it's kind of in the same vein. I feel like I got a lot of those vibes, and I really enjoy that. So, um, I don't know. It was a good time. So, any other final thoughts on it? I guess we can't really do, like, a favorite kill or anything. Like, eh, maybe we could. I don't know. He basically shoots off him, so... <laughs> yeah, or they take the shovel to the head or whatever. Um, I, I'm I, trying to think of a twist on it, though. Like, what I, I, will, I will say there is one favorite scene for me, so... And we mentioned the motorcycle guy that comes back as a zombie. So he ends up taking this curve around this hill, and there's, like, a school bus full of... Boy Scouts, and <laughs> he ends up hitting it. The mayor's daughter gets decapitated. The bus runs off the hill, kills all the people. So it just gets like you know two two dozen bodies go into the graveyard at once, and they all start coming back at once. And the main guys in the shower, and they start attacking him in the shower. 
And Nagi, bless his heart, just lives in, like, this hole under the house. <laughs> like, this cave under the house. You know, like, some kind of swamp hermit like or something. Rat. So he's, like, pounding on the floor trying to get Nagi. You know, Nagi, help, help. And Nagi's downstairs watching TV with the headphones on. And he knows that there's zombies around him, but he just doesn't care. He's just engrossed in the TV. And it's food. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And the main guy shoots one, and it falls in Nagi's lap. And Nagi just kind of push him, pushes him over and just goes back to his dinner. So I guess that's not more or less the kill, but the reaction of, you know, just like, man, get the fuck yeah. off me. I'm watching TV. Um, Interrupting my dinner. I guess we could do favorite scenes. I mean, my funny, the funniest one to me was the mayor part, because the mayor, like, climbed up on you know, the ladder, and he's like, now, he's like, get down, now. And he <laughs> shot him in the head, and he just falls down. Um, I, there was one part I really liked when... Uh, Francesco gets bit um, and by his love, and Nagi kills her. And then Nagi thinks that he's going to be a zombie, so Francesco comes out of his room, and Nagi has a shovel pointed at him and is like, kind of like a pitchfork, like, get, like, get back. <laughs> like, that part was really funny. And he's like, I'm not a zombie. Like, it's fine. Uh, that one, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I think that, is his name Nagi? Nagi, I yeah. I just think his parts were funny. Cause, like, yeah, he was hilarious. To me, that was like the parts that did get me with like the humor. I thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah, he was a little little shithole but it was kind of weird nah. at the end when he like actually talked normal yeah it was like it he hit his head off guard for a he minute he just had to get whacked in the head exactly. and he started talking normal yeah so. yeah yep anything else you want to say about it or that yeah, ties it up pretty well well two out of the three of us approved so if you like quirky weird crazy stuff check it out um you know you heard the parts on the plot and narrative maybe a little a little wonky at the end but we uh RJ and I really enjoyed it, so check it out if you can find it. Do we all have our next month's movie picked already, or um, put you on the spot? I do not have mine picked. Mm. No, I don't think I do. Okay. Do you? Uh, I, I think I had one picked out for next month, but I'm not... I don't remember... It. Yeah, I think I'm going to bring uh, The Crazies. Uh, it's a... I think Wes Craven did the original? No. That was Romero. Yeah, George Romero. Um, it's a remake. I think it was like 2000, I don't know, 2000 something. But uh, we actually saw a trailer for that for on Vic, Victor Crowley Blu-ray. So I, I saw that and I own it and love it. So these guys haven't seen it, so I'll probably bring the crazies. We could just surprise. Well, at least me and RJ could. Or yeah. you, if you change your mind. Yeah. Like we used to do it before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I just know I'll bring something that I want to find something that you guys haven't seen. Yeah. Maybe something I haven't seen too. I don't know. Well, and that fits. You know, neither one of you have seen it, and I haven't seen it in you know mm-hmm. a year or two, so that fits pretty well. So, okay. anything else we want to talk about? Um, I mean, I can plug the email again. We yeah. didn't get any emails this time around, but um, just a reminder: if you guys want to send us any feedback or requests or comments, or mm-hmm. if you hate us, let us know. Good, bad, and different. Um, we'll take it. The email is deathstereopodcast at gmail.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page, Death by Stereo on Facebook. Uh, we haven't, we don't post a whole lot, but we're trying to be more active on it. And hopefully we need you to. guys can be more interactive with us. We just don't get a lot of interaction on it yet, so it's kind of, I don't know. I guess we need to just kind of grin and bear it through that and just post more anyway and stuff. But when we get up, there we have a decent amount of people that like the page, but we just need to... I think we need to find that traction of just getting people involved, and I don't know. Which yeah. we uh, came up with a little bit of an idea tonight that we're going to post on Facebook, and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, appreciate it. We'll, you'll be able to see where we do the podcast and what we look like. and 
Lucky you. Mm-hmm. So, anything else before we get out of here? All right, well, thanks for listening as always. We will catch you next month. Yep. Thanks. See you next time, guys. See you.